Hello, welcome back to the Personal Player Development Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Sweeney, and my co-host, Dr. Mark Robinson, couldn't join us today. But nevertheless, we're going to keep the show rolling. And please forgive me for last week. I couldn't make it on. I had some things that came up, but I am back, and I'm ready to get back into action today. Uh, again, guys, we got the, we always bring it on guests on our line, and today we have a, a, a great guest in the name of Sean Lazarus. And, you know, I wanted to get into his perspective, especially concerning the spiritual development. That's one of the most important components to personal player development, and it's something that we can't leave out when dealing with athletes. And so we're going to hear from Sean in just a second. But before I get into that, I just want to let you know as a reminder, please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, you can also view our podcast on at BrandonLSweeney.com and PPDLife.com. And so uh, leave us a review. Uh, let us know how we're doing, uh, how we can improve. And we just want to hear your thoughts and opinions. And also check out the other podcasts that we have done um, prior to this one. Uh, this is episode number 10, and I am excited about it. So let's get into uh, introducing you to Sean Lazarus. First, I just want to say that Sean is, well, he grew up in a town where football was huge, and that's Madison, Ohio. And I'm, I'm actually not too far away from there. I grew up in Akron, Ohio. And uh, Sean, the thing, the, I guess the myth is true that in every, every boy that's born in Madison, Ohio gets a football place in his crib. And I didn't know how true it was, but according to Sean, it is true because it happened to him. Uh, but he grew up, you know, watching the the big rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan, and uh, that's always a big rivalry back there. For some reason, from some strange reason, he ended up going to Michigan. Uh, don't worry about it. We did forgive him. And he ended up uh, becoming a standout athlete at Michigan and eventually lettered, and then he went on to sign with the Detroit Lions. While, did you, while at the Detroit Lions, he ended up suffering a knee injury, and it left him answering some tough questions or asking some tough questions. And, you know, injuries are not fun for, for athletes. Um, but Sean eventually thought that football would make him happy, would make him a successful man. He ended up indulging in all that uh, lifestyle had to offer, which is the parties, the money, the fame, the risk, the inappropriate relationships, all that stuff that, you know, a lot of us get caught up into. And eventually he found out that it could make him happy. And uh, God ended up getting a hold of Sean's life and ended up changing his, changing his life around. And he found that uh, true happiness and fulfillment only comes through Jesus Christ. Since then, Sean has become a financial advisor. Uh, he's worked as a juvenile officer. He's a business owner. Uh, he's also married his high school sweetheart, Molly, and has six children, which is Olivia, Abram, Ashlyn, Iris, Eden, and is it, Sean, can you hear me out with the last name? Is it Maze? Maybe. Amazing, amazing. And uh, he's currently, he's heavily involved in the Akron-Kent area community, also through his local church. And then he's the associate director for Team Jam, which is a ministry that has impacted my life when I was in high school. And uh, Team Jam stands for uh, Jesus Athletic Ministry. And the founder of that is John Saucer, who I got the chance of knowing when I was in high school and, and still uh, are, is connected to him today. And that's how I met Sean Lazarus through John. And uh, he's also a former safety director. Uh, he's a chaplain for the Akron Rubber Ducks, which is a minor league baseball team. And he's the president of C3 Crew. I'm not going to get all into his business because I want Sean to uh, tell you his story and hear more about him. So without further ado, let's introduce you to Sean. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. This is uh, This is huge. And... 
so before I get into the questions, I just want to let people know that, again, spiritual, this spiritual development is a big component. I think people try to uh, always deal with the athlete uh, from the physical, from the mental and the intellectual standpoint, and I think they leave out the spiritual point, and I think that's the foundation of anything. And uh, if you guys are not aware of the Personal Player Development Institute, we also have a spiritual development component uh, where we talk about these things and um, how we cannot leave it out when talking about this athlete. Uh, but the first question I want to ask you, Sean, is uh, tell us about the work you're doing with athletes. I know that you've been in the in the community for a long time, working with a lot of youth sports, high school, college professional. Uh, so just tell us about that work and how did you get pulled into it? Well, I think it, it comes from, uh, you know, uh, this uh, idea that when we fail, you know, it's kind of like a pearl um, in your life. And, you know, a pearl is formed when a clamshell has an intruder, an irritant, a piece of sand. And that little grain of sand, you know, being in there and uh, the clam trying to fight it off, it slowly encases the, the piece of sand. And before you know it, it becomes a shiny pearl, a very rare thing uh, when you think of all the clams that are out there and all the grains of sand. And uh, I feel like in my life, um, the fact that I wasn't um, the best leader that I could have been and I, and I was hypocritical with my off-the-field actions in comparison to what I was doing in the weight room and in the training uh, that we did for, in preparation for games, practice field, and game come game time, um, my goals on the field didn't line up with some of the things I was doing off the field. And so... Um, the ultimate culmination of that is I was was not a captain at the University of Michigan and should have been one. Uh, and uh, Brady Hoke had sat me down my senior year and basically went over the whole thing. And uh, there's a couple different reasons, but but I come to find out years later, I looking back, I realized that there was one night I was out uh, doing you know just the, some of the stupid things I used to do. And I know I lost the respect of several of my teammates. And that was, uh, you know, that's something you've got to live with. And I would say um, that, you know, has kind of become a pearl in my life. And mm. realizing that uh, those choices were, were just very, you know, um, destructive. And I wow. received all the training, received all the... You know, freshman stuff, we had a psychologist, we had all this stuff, but I wasn't listening. So I uh, wasn't following. And uh, so that's that's what kind of has spurred me on is that now that I know, um, mm-hmm. I'm motivated to uh, possibly help the next guy avoid some of those pitfalls. We'll be able to call him out and at least, you know, be a light and uh, be salt and, and, and call him out on some of the garbage that, you know, not everybody can do because they haven't lived it. Right, right, that's true. And, and so, and what? So, you work with athletes, and so, what are some of the things, uh, topics, um, some of the things that you, you know, talk to talk to them about? Um, you know, with, with regards to mentoring them, speaking to them, uh, you got speaking. You know, what are some of those things that you uh, do with athletes to uh, help them to develop? Well, I think, you know, what I'm 
passionate about is, you know, helping guys identify their purpose while they're living uh, mm. out their college or high school dreams of being the best athletes they can be. And I think what we've come to find out is that it doesn't matter how successful you are or how successful you're not, you know, how, how big of a failure you are. You know, you're not just an athlete. At some point you have to learn that it's not a, your life is not defined by your success on the field. And that, that's a terrible way to live your life. Um, because of the ebb and flows of the game. You know, it's up and down. It's a roller coaster. And so if you have a bad game, you know your life's messed up. If, you're, if, you're, if your career ends on an injury, where do you go to next? If you're a Super Bowl yeah. champion and you have the greatest thing ever, what's next there? Because there's no greater thing. You've already achieved it all. It, it's just not fulfilling. So really helping guys understand their you know, divine purpose and uh, calling and and helping develop that is really, I think, the key to everything that we do. I definitely agree. And and I think that, that was one of the things that shook me to my core, you know, because I had an injury in college. Uh, I mean, I'm always telling my story, but I ruptured my kidney in my, going into my senior year, and, and I was devastated, and uh, it was asking up that same question, you know, what am I here for? You know, who am I? And I felt like football was my purpose. I felt like it was, you know, my God-given gift that I can use. And, and once once that was taken away, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't have that, And which which is why the thoughts of suicide prompted it came up in my mind, and I wanted to just end it because I felt like I don't know what else I'm going to do. I can't see myself doing anything else. Forget it. I might as well just, you know, end my life. And, you know, one of the things that uh, – you know, that saved me was the words that God gave me was, you know, the only reason you're holding on to this game is because you don't believe I have something better for you. And and that, that moment, you know, for, for me almost get ready to take my life, I realized, like, wow, I, I have there's something bigger. There's something bigger than this. And so, I, you know, I've been on that journey. And, I, I like you, I wanted to share that with other athletes because I realized that we got to, when I got to college, you know, playing in high school, it was all, you know, all we heard was, you know, just get an education, um, just, just play sports. And a lot of guys were getting an education, but they were getting degrees that they wasn't, wasn't passionate about. Uh, they were doing things that they really didn't care about, and it was really just about sports. And so as soon as that ended, that, that question still lingered. When I'm on, what am I here on earth to do? Uh, you know, God, what are you calling me to do? Is, is, is that it? I mean, I'm, I'm an athlete. Is that all? And so it, when, you, when you said it's bigger than that, it, it's so much bigger than that. I mean, it, it's, it's purpose beyond the game, and – and that's one of the things that athletes need to realize that when the game ends, um, life is not over. You know, you you still have something else to uh, to do, and and I think what you're doing is is so valuable and so important. Which is which is why I want to lead into the next question, and it's not on the list, but I just wanted to ask. You know, spiritual development is so important. Can you share with us how important this is and um, why it's needed when dealing with um, our athletes? Uh, spiritual development is, you know, I guess we have to define spiritual. I, I, I mean, if you're going through life and, and you're focused on trying to do things your way and it's just not fulfilling, it's, it's just not, 
it doesn't last. There's no elasticity to it. It's, you just it's it's the it is the most important thing. I, there is nothing else in life other than that spiritual element. You cannot have a strong player, a strong person, a strong leader, a strong if you don't have your spiritual uh, foundation in place. Um, right. It's like a a man who would build a house on sand. If he doesn't have a spiritual foundation in place, if hmm. the wind and the waves and the uh, the rain comes, that foundation isn't going to last very long. It's going to get swept away, and that house is going to come tumbling down. But if you have a spiritual foundation, you've got a rock. You've got it's like a person who digs a hole deep deep holes and put that foundation on solid rock and when the wind and the waves and the and the rain comes there is there's nothing shaking that house it's not going anywhere right. and and that's what it's like living with the spiritual foundation that's how important it is it's it is the most important thing you will not be tossed or swayed in the good times or the bad times with a strong spiritual foundation how many times do we see a young athlete struggle with having mm-hmm. success they can't mm-hmm. handle it they self-destruct right. and how many times do we see a guy with poor self-esteem or uh you know a great gifted athlete but the minute something goes wrong they fall apart yeah uh, so this the strong foundation spiritually it keeps all that together and we've got to have that Right, I, I definitely agree. And, and why are, why are we seeing athletes not understand how important that is? It, I mean, do you think that you know they don't have people in their lives to help them to develop that part? You know, that piece in their life that hey, you need Christ, you need to de- you know develop that core part, or is it just that you know being in a culture where your 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 praise is coming from the fans, your identity is coming from you know your 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 accomplishments and all that thing, and so they just kind of ignore it or you know, what, what, what do you think? Why are we not seeing athletes not understand that, that the importance of spiritual? Well, I, I think I think it does. I think it comes with the foundation. I mean, it kind of led into that a little bit, but the foundation mm-hmm. of the, an early investment. So, mm-hmm. um, with parents and coaches and grandparents and whoever, everybody's so focused on the skill development of whatever sports that they're playing. So they're mm-hmm. all heavily overweight overly invested in skills, 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 basketball handling, ball, you know, catching balls, seven on seven, you know, mm-hmm. AAU tournaments, whatever it is, right? All the different different things. And if we were to take a fraction of that time and invest it in super intentional uh, foundation building spiritual blocks, I mean, that that's really mm-hmm. what we need to do, and if if we yeah. have that strong foundation, that that helps some of these other problems, um, right. which would be you know the first one would be the foundation, the second one would be, um, you know you're focused on your on your sport, you're focused on yourself, you're focused on developing yourself. It kind of they kind of play hand in hand, and the next one is they have a false definition of, of success. They think that if they get the scholarship, D one or whatever. That that's it, you know. I got, I made it. Well, you know, you're right. not thinking about, you know, the next step. Or if I get the NFL contract, you know, that's it. 
it, it, it's, it, listen, with every need or with every goal that you meet in your life, there's always another need to replace it, another goal to replace it. It's just a vicious cycle. Those are good things, though. They can be a, those can be good things. Those needs force us to turn to God for help. Because if they weren't right. there, we wouldn't need we wouldn't need them. And those goals right. they drive us. They they we should have goals. They don't, they need to be hmm. properly aligned. Right, and, and with the work that you've been doing for for a long time with working with athletes, you know, what are, have you seen some resistance to this? I mean, when you when you talk about this and, and help them to um, develop that foundation, um, understand their purpose and divine calling. Um, is it well received, or do you get a lot of um, resistance from guys who, you know, they just don't want it? Uh, I would say it's all—it's almost the opposite. I think that uh, this generation, uh, people are looking for something of substance. You know, everything is watered down. I mean, from television to, you know, just everything is watered down, and people are looking for depth and they're looking for truth. And they want answers to some questions. And yeah. when when you can share, um, you know, from your heart, and and, you're, and then people can see that you're sincere, uh, and and that you really you really care, and, and you're not really looking for anything. You're just trying to help them. People can see that, and they want it, yeah. and they and they're looking for help. Uh, I think the frustrating part for me, and uh, you know, kind of got a little off of. Uh, Maybe the way I was supposed to answer that question, but um, oh, no, that's okay. This, yeah. You know, the the, cha- the challenges challenges and issues would be, uh, you know, it's not. I think it's the problem. The biggest problem is there's not enough awareness of the opportunity yeah. of others outside of the sports world. Let's say a pastor, okay, mm-hmm. a, a just your right. typical pastor at a local church, or uh, someone who just really loves a game of, of football or whatever sport, and they, they just really don't understand the real need and the real opportunity that exists to have a major impact spiritually on so many different individuals with very little resources. Um, mm. and, and, and maybe that's not their calling, but they have a burden because they, if they understood the need, they understood the opportunity, I think that a lot of people would be interested in helping uh, a guy like yourself or an organization like Team Jam do more. Um, right. And the problem is our time is just limited. So it's, it's, it's not an issue of if people receive us or not. It's not that. There's so many opportunities mm. that I find myself, you know, kind of banging my head against the wall going, how can I do this? How can I do this more? How can I do this full time? <laughs> Because the guys are there, they're hungry, they want it, the opportunities are all over the place. We have to Mm. say, we're just forced to say no. I'm forced to kind of not answer the phone. I mean, it's not really like that. I think God kind of oversees that and kind of protects us. But I could be running 24-7 if I really wanted to. And uh, it's it's difficult to to hold back. I mean, I feel like I'm... uh, at the gates, ready for them to open up, and I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready to run. <laughs> right. It's, it's always like that. It's always how can I do this 24-7 without having to, you know, you have to work a job, you have to do other things, and 
Yeah, when you're passionate about something, I mean, that's exactly what you want to do. And I and I, I agree. And I, that's something that I've noticed, too, that, that there are athletes that do want substance. Um, I think I've run into the challenge of getting it into uh, a higher school or, you know, a college when you're coming on to speak. There's some things that you aren't allowed to say. Um, but when you get into that one-on-one conversation, when you begin to talk to them, then you kind of, yeah, you can go into depth with some things that they're dealing with, and you can kind of, you know, you could talk about that spiritual aspect. But um, initially, going into a talk, and it, it, it's, it's, you know, my, my resistance has been, you know, there's certain things that you can't really say. And so I always look at the one-on-one. I always look at, hey, call me afterwards. You got any questions? Hey, let's talk afterwards. Because in that in that conversation, that one-on-one, then you know, that's when things are shared, and I kind of, again, you can kind of go a little bit more in depth. And so hmm. I, I I definitely agree. Um, would you say that, you know, is it a coach's role to provide this type of um, develop, development for their athletes, or should they bring in someone to do it? I know you're a chaplain, and you see that a lot for professionals. Um, and, and there are some that have FCA, and there are some colleges that have some chaplains as well, but there, there are a lot of schools that do, do not have it. Um, do you think that coaches should bring in someone to do this, or do you think that coaches should be able to do this themselves? to develop their guy spiritually. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, the question is worded personal player development. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, even if we just we just stay with that, okay, okay. we keep the spiritual part out, but we just stay with the personal player development. I think that's going to, I think that's going to be difficult for a coach. It's going to depend on the coach, you know. Some mm-hmm. guys are good with just, you know, and it depends on the level too. So we've got high school, we've got college, we've got pro. I think on the pro level, it's nearly impossible. Uh, I think he can. I think he can do it. But to provide it for the whole team, I mean, his responsibility, his job is to win games, and you know that's it's going to be difficult. Um, it's going to take a special guy at any level to 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 do it thoroughly. So I, I would lean towards. I think it would be a really good idea for the coach to identify someone who's gifted in this area specifically to at least. Uh, bring them in and <clears throat> at least share um, maybe the coach's perspective on what he would like to have done and maybe some of the struggles that they see on the team and then, um, you know, kind of turn the guy loose in some way and uh, provide them with an opportunity to address some of the things that a coach may not feel he can do. You know, there, there are some constitutional uh, rights that we do have in public schools with an hour of count, uh, you know, spiritual teaching per week, um, it's still there. We're still allowed to do that, and we don't have to be afraid of uh, making that available. So there are some rights that we do have and that we just don't use. I think a lot of people are uh, kind of afraid. Uh, my take is if there's another group, another religion, or whatever that wants to do it, you know, that's fine because the, the, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, is far greater than any other entity or uh, small g god that would be out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm never afraid to allow any other, you know, religion or, or claim to, to go ahead and have their little meeting. That's fine. Why are we afraid of that? There's no reason to be afraid of that. Just, mm-hmm. just let them do it, you know. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, our God will stand taller and uh, uh, the God of the Bible. Exactly. That's good. Well said. Before uh, last question before we transition into our next segment, and and you know this is Colin Kaepernick. I mean, this is an issue that's been going on for a while and it's becoming big. And 
you know, do you do you think that? Um, and I actually, and I, the question was really, what's your take on the Ka Colin Kaepernick situation? But really, wanted to ask, like, do you think the athletes should use their their platform at the pro level to address uh, social issues, injustices, things that's going on, or do you think, or do you think they should just, um, you know, play play ball, you know, kind of, you know, get back in their community? and just kind of keep their mouth quiet. I mean, there's a lot of people who side with Colin Kaepernick. There's a lot of people who, who are against them. Um, but what, what's your take? Well, I think, I think you know, honestly, I have not followed this. I'm probably the least connected person <laughs> in the entire world, I feel like, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we just literally, just for this football season, just bought a TV. I've been in the house for two years. It's the first time I got a TV in here. I mean, we literally have, yeah. we don't even have cable still, you know, so we're, I'm trying to back away from the things of this world. I'm trying to pull back. And uh, I've seen a little bit of it, but I haven't read up on it. And in preparation for the question, I thought about it a little. And, and, and here's my, my take. I, I think, to answer the question, I think that's – I kind of applaud Colin for, for, for one thing. I don't really even know what it's all about. I know it's having a big impact. I know it's going to high school now. I know it's going to college. Guys are – making a stand and and, mm -hmm. and and I think it's for him to start it um, I think there's a level of courage there that I respect and mm -hmm. uh, whatever his motivations were I don't, I don't really know but I respect the fact that you know he's going to stand for something or, or kneel if you will or sit um, mm -hmm. you know hey if he wants to do that you know that's more power to him like that's that's good you, you want to bring right. an issue to the table you know, the worst thing that can happen is is you don't say anything. If there's issues and people don't dialogue and talk about it or work mm. it out, that's when, we, that's when we come up with problems. But having an open and honest discussion about things like race, things mm. like the, some of these in, in, injustices, but I think there's a slippery slope here because I think we're being fed some stuff um, mm. in the media that is skewed. We're not getting all the stories all the time, one way or another, you know. I think that we get, um, we're being, you know, television programming is called television programming. I mean, it is programming. It is programmed. It is fabricated. You're right. It's, right. Their scripts are written. They're reading off teleprompters. And so it's not like you and I are talking right here. We have no we have some questions, but we don't know what direction the conversation is going to go, really, based on the answers right. to my questions. You don't know my answers. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, it's, it's just my opinion and your reaction, and we keep going. Right. And, and mm -hmm. that's not the way it is on the television, you know. And, and that's the part that scares me a little bit about when we start to say social justice, that, that's, a, that's a term that needs to be defined, you know. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, because when I'm look, watching TV or looking into the mainstream articles on social justice, I'm seeing a lot of things that, you know, um, I might not, if you look at the statistics of certain issues, not necessarily the police violence at all, I'm not referring to that at all, but mm -hmm. other issues, mm -hmm. the statistics are the, the population that that even applies to is so small it's, it shouldn't even be a factor. We shouldn't, it's, it's not the main issue. It's not even close to being an issue, but they're forcing it and programming people 
to talk about it, to discuss it. Mm. And I think that's I think that's where it becomes kind of a slippery slope. But for Colin, hey man, you think you got an issue with something? You you think there's a problem? Stand up, that's or sit down and take a knee, whatever. I, I mean, I, I have to I have to respect him for his uh, boldness to do that. Well said, well said, and and I definitely agree. Um, so let's transition to the next segment. I have it on here as athlete in the spotlight. I keep forgetting to change it, but it's really more than an athlete. And uh, this segment is is really one of my favorites because you know I, I when I realized that I was more than an athlete, that I wasn't just you know a football player. You know, one one uh, guest we had on said two arms and two legs. That um, that you know, life is bigger than that. I, I am not defined by my sport, and so uh, basically, we ask every guest that we bring on, uh, what athlete do you consider to be a success on and off the field, or more than an athlete? You know, one who is not defined by their sport, and uh, one who is definitely, you know, taking their platform, their influence, their other gifts and talents, and using it to do something other than play sports. Uh, do you have an athlete in mind? Absolutely. So the first guy uh, that comes to my mind, I'll share with you in a second. Um, but you'll you'll understand why I'm going to give you an, another individual. One person that stands out, kind of relates to Colin Kaepernick a little bit, um, would be Ben Watson. You know, Ben Watson, you know, he stuck his neck out a couple times here lately, and yeah. um, he he's kind of rubbing against the grain here a little bit. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really respect that effort from him. However, he's not the guy I chose. Uh, I hmm. did choose um, a guy who actually was drafted in third round by the uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and nine days after the draft, he was killed in a car accident. Um, and his name is Brandon Burlesworth. And he played at the University of Arkansas. He was a walk-on, uh, I believe, in 1994. Um, by the time he graduated and played his last football game, uh, by the time he played his last football game, he had graduated not only with his bachelor's, but it was also his, his uh, master's. Um, and uh, it was just right around four and a half years there, uh, time period. And started off as a walk-on, ended up earning a scholarship, became a two-time All-American, was an academic All-American. Um, and again, was drafted. But uh, there was a movie that came out, and I was privileged to be able to watch the uh, premiere earlier this year at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And um, as a true freshman at the University of Michigan, we played Arkansas in the Citrus Bowl. And while I was, uh, you know, I remember uh, Brandon Burlesworth because of his glasses, and I remember mm -hmm. that uh, eventually that my college roommate actually was at uh, one of the media functions. I think it was an orange squeeze-off or something like that. And uh, he partnered up with Brandon. And so when I watched this movie at the Hall of Fame, I realized, man, here I was literally being led further and further astray from, uh, you know, down a path a road that I really didn't want to go on. You know, there's a saying that says, sin costs you more than you want to pay, keeps you longer than you want to stay, because <laughs> you thought you didn't want to go. Right? And, and, and I was going down the wrong road. And here there was a guy across the field from me, Brandon Burlesworth, that I would have benefited from his leadership. Um, mm. And the way he's portrayed in this movie, Greater, 
uh, is really moving. Uh, and and, and to, to everything I can see, and, and I actually was motivated enough to drive to Arkansas and, and interview people uh, that, that loved him and coached him and, and were, you know, his pastor and, you know, family member, mom, sister-in-law, brother, you know, um, former teammates. Um, and I, from everything I can tell, this the story is very accurate in the fact that Brandon had an influence on his team, overcame kind of being the underdog, overcame being a little overweight, overcame being the walk-on, being made fun of, being different than everybody else, and and on a, you know, most colleges are pretty liberal, on uh, a liberal campus, mm-hmm. you know, stuck it out, did the right thing, practices his behind off, did all the right things on the field, off the field, and then before you know it, he has a level of tremendous success um, influencing the teammates to the point that the entire atmosphere on the team changes. He becomes a leader mm-hmm. by example. And... Um, Boy, uh, I really think that would be uh, – that's definitely the guy I pick because it's relevant now because the movie just came out. And um, unbelievable story, unbelievable uh, guy, an unbelievable impact to this day even though he's been gone, uh, going on 17 years, I believe. So he's had a tremendous impact. Now, that movie will give every young player – a blueprint for how to face adversity, how to do the right things on the field, how to do the right things off the field. And, and, and it goes into the personal life. You get a glimpse into some of the struggles uh, that a young man faces at home. And things aren't always easy. And how do you face them? And, 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 and I really appreciate uh, the way that uh, that film was put together. Wow. And what's the name of the film just for people who may want to check it out? I know I definitely do. Yeah, the movie is called Greater. And uh, it was released uh, back on, uh, I believe it was August 26th. Um, and it's, it, you know, it'll be, uh, you can call your local theater and try to get it there. That's that's one way to do it. Um, that that always helps um, try to get something there. Because it's, it's, it's been in... Uh, probably close to a thousand theaters um, nationwide. Wow, awesome. Okay. And let's transition into the last uh, segment, which is called PPD Solutions. Um, here we just we really try to um, give people who want to be listening, they, they may want some takeaways. And, and so a lot of times we, when we work with athletes, people don't really know uh, you know, and I'll say that, and I, I created this segment, and again, this is kind of my favorite, like the last one, but I created this segment because when I started and I wanted to work more with athletes, I wanted to learn, you know, putting something together, what should I know about, I mean, I, I take my own stories and things that I've learned, but, you know, sometimes people don't have a clue, they want tools, they want some solutions, tips, and, and just insight on to, you know, how, how can I help this athlete improve his life and get better? And so what are three things um that people who want to work with athletes or have a desire to work with athletes should take into consideration? Okay, so number one is I think it's very important for you to do some self-evaluation first. You need to understand your purpose. Um, Mm. So, you know, the simplest way I can summarize that up, and I think we do at at Team Jam, is, uh, you know, where your gifts and your talents meet the world's need, that's where your purpose is. 
So where your gifts and your talents meet the world's need, that's where your purpose is. So if you have a, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's a, it's a little deeper than that too. So let me let me go into a little bit more depth. So you need we need to identify the people we're burdened for in, as individuals. So you're asking specifically towards sports, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge the listeners to to think outside of that to think uh, broader. It, your 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 purpose and your calling may not be in sport, but that's okay if you're a former athlete. Because your burden might be for something else, hmm. um, and we need to identify that. We need to chart that. We need to put that down, put that down as a peg. That's a marker. Mm-hmm. What are you burdened for? And then what message has God given you to share with those people you're burdened for? And that's really ultimately, if you look back at the conversation we've had tonight, that's, that's what I've done. That's what I've been challenged to do. That's, I believe, what you're doing. That's what John Saucier has, has uh, you know, coached in a sense me to do from 10 years ago and uh now that's what we're trying to pass the baton on to others and train others to do so one is purpose you gotta you gotta do some self-evaluation and identify your gifts and your talents and and where those gifts and talents meet the world's need um the next one would be to identify needs period so you know we're looking for seven windows of opportunity in someone's life, and seven significant efforts. So essentially, you know, there's a cost, guys. You know, there's a cost, and are you willing to pay it? So evaluate when you're doing this evaluation. What am I willing to do? How much time am I willing to invest? Um, Because you don't want to let somebody down. Uh, You know, you don't want to let yourself down. So so come up with some parameters up front. If you're married, talk to your wife, you know. Mm-hmm. realistically, you know, budget in time for what you can do every day or every week or every month. If mm-hmm. you just do a little bit more than what you've done in the past, you're doing a lot better than you were. So, and when you're talking about investing in athletes specifically or anyone, you have to be able to identify needs. And we're looking for the windows, you know, uh, someone's injured. Uh, there's, a, there's a transition uh, from you know, high school to college or college to or, um, junior high to high school, you know, those are some mm-hmm. opportunities. Someone's moving, right? A, a parent mm-hmm. is ill or a death in the family or, um, you know, a new job, a birth of a child, maybe a sibling, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of different things in people's lives. There's seven that we've identified that, um, you know, those are windows that, that, to create a great opportunity for someone to make an investment in someone's life. And, and, and statistically, you know, making seven efforts is going to be, um, you're going to have a friend. And uh, there's not a whole lot of people out there trying to look at how they can invest in other people's lives. So you're, right. you're just trying to help somebody, and you're showing up just trying to help and just trying to give and just trying to give, just trying to give. I mean, you're you're far head and shoulders above most people in this world today, unfortunately. But we need more people taking that initiative. And then the last thing uh, would be, you know, the challenge is keep track. Keep track of the people. You know, make an effort towards somebody, but don't mm-hmm. forget who they are. You know, don't, don't. it's not about numbers. 
It's, it's about mm-hmm. just keeping track enough that we just remember who it is. Because, listen, in the Bible, Jesus took great, God, I should say, took great, uh, went to great lengths to track down the names and genealogies of individuals and, their, and where they were from and, and who their dad was. and who, You know, it's very important to God. And I think it should be important to us. You know, where is Brandon from? Where, mm-hmm. where did he grow up? Where, where was his, you know, who, who, what's the names of his relatives in the area in Akron, Ohio? You know, what, I'm, I need to pay attention, you know, as a person. If I'm trying to make an, an investment in Brandon, what are some of the needs that he has that he's been able to share, you know, just, just through conversation? And be able to, um, you know, keeping track of the needs then and then keeping track of the names. And now all of a sudden we've kind of charted a, uh, a little church, if you will, or uh, the disciples. You know, you have 12. Well, where do you start? Mm-hmm. Well, start with three. Start with three guys. Start with, start with 12. If, you're, if you've already got those, go to 30. If you've got that many, go to 70, 70. Go to 120. Go to 500. Those are all biblical numbers that Jesus impacted. Mm. And uh, it's our belief, you know, our kind of uh, philosophy in a way, that, you know, each guy that's trying to, that's called to do sports ministry or any type of ministry would leave behind 500 mature believers at the end of their life. You know, Jesus in three years had impacted 500. Wow. And I, th- I think that's uh, something that we can, we can seek to achieve. Now, listen, it's not on our own strength, okay? That's, that's, yeah. that's part of keeping <laughs> yeah. track of them. It's part of keeping track uh-huh. of them is you're going to be praying for these individuals. And, and, and these guys, one thing is you'll think, I'm going to impact this whole team. Listen, you're not going to be impacting the whole team. Don't be afraid of that. You're going to be impacting one or two or three guys at most at one time, and then those guys are going to be blazing on, on an issue that you're dealing with, and then they're going to fall off or something's going to happen. You know, they're going to be off mm-hmm. the record for a little while, and there's going to be another guy that comes in and fills their spot. And, and, mm-hmm. and God deals that. He, you don't have to be afraid of, oh, my gosh, I, there's 100 guys on this team. You know? No, no. That's, that, that's, that's good. Keep track of them. But look for the needs. The needs will dictate who you're going to be spending your time with. Wow, and that's so true. I, and I definitely agree. I think when I initially started, I was say I was that I was that guy. Man, all these guys, and I want to impact them all. I want to change all their lives. But at the end of the day, it was always one or two. And then a few years later, another one or two. So I, I definitely agree. It's not all of them at that one time, but looking at the needs. Um, it's always a handful and then a handful and a handful. And like you say, after that, it grows. But definitely, it's just looking at the few initially and then going from there. So those are very, very great uh, uh, tips and things to think about. And I hope the listeners, you know, you guys are listening in, to take that into consideration. You're working with uh, the athletes or even outside of that, and you're finding needs. You're, first of all, doing some evaluation, you know, looking at your purpose. What your gifts and your talents meets the world needs is, is your purpose. And then identifying the needs, um, looking at the uh, seven significant efforts. Is that correct, Sean? Yep. Yep, seven, seven yep. significant efforts, and then keeping track of the people that you 
um, whose needs that you're meeting and remembering them and knowing things about them. So take that in consideration. And, and I agree with what Sean said earlier. Listen, there are not a lot of people who are trying to, you know, get involved in people's lives and, and try to meet needs. And if you are doing that, trust me. I've been doing it for a while, and it does work. Um, and it's the saying, is that, you know, it's cliche. People say it all the time. But really, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that, when you impact a, a, a somebody's lives, I mean, they – it is it's definitely it definitely means a lot to him. So don't forget that. But but Sean, I didn't add this into the question, but I um I, I forgot to, and I, I do apologize about that. But I do want to also add in there if you have any books at the top of your head that you can recommend that impacted your life, you know maybe you want to uh, we can pass this on to our listeners to uh, you know just get some more resources, information that they can you know feed their spirit and and, and learn more about um, themselves and what they're trying to do. Do you have any? Uh, books that you would recommend that they uh, get a hold of? Well, it's the Holy Bible, I would say. Uh, <laughs> that is the book, and I would start in, uh, uh, in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, uh, John. Uh, you read those two books, I think you might be a changed person if you haven't read them before. And, and listen, you got to read it every day. You know, mm. If we're going to walk away, you can just think about, all those things that you're thinking that, that are stumbling blocks that are keeping you from investing in someone. Or, you, I just can't do it because then you just list all the things of why, right? And then you just mm-hmm. just think about these three things. These are your three goals every day. Read God's Word, pray, and share what God's teaching you. If you can do those three things every day, mm-hmm. all that other stuff on that list just seems like it's just it's way down the list. You do those three things, you're successful. And we didn't really get into the definition of success, but um, you read that Bible, you're gonna you're gonna come across uh, some things that'll help you define success. Awesome, awesome. Well, Sean, I do appreciate you coming on. This has been a great show, and I can't wait to uh, to edit it and get it out there to the listeners and. Um, if real quick, you know, maybe somebody want to get in contact with you. I don't know if you're on social media a lot, but, uh, you know, if you can leave them some information, maybe they can reach out to you, maybe a social media, email, phone number, whatever you want to give out, uh, just let the people know how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, I mean, you, you can always uh, reach me um, at seanmlazarus at gmail.com and uh, greaterquestionsanswered.com um, is a, a blog that uh, that I'm starting up, and uh, you can reach me through there. Uh, there's a Twitter account on there. There's a, you know, everything you need is on there. Um, and then uh, if you were to send me uh, an email, I would definitely be interested in, in talking to you on the phone. I can give you my phone number uh, through the email. Um, but it's S-H-A-W-N-M-L-A-Z-A-R-U-S at gmail.com. That's, that's my personal email. You could email me at that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Sean. And guys, if you haven't had a chance to check out, if you really do want to be trained and working with athletes, we do can, we do have an institute, Personal Player Development Institute, that where we train people on, um, you know, where you can become a personal player development specialist to work with athletes. You can check that out at ipptworld.com. I also follow Dr. Mark, who's the founder of it. He's on Twitter at Dr. Mark PPD. I'm also on Twitter, Brandon L. Sweeney. And again, guys, like, share, leave us some feedback on the show. Until next time, we look forward to hearing from you. Peace.